Hi there. Thank you for listening to ASMR Bedtime Stories. All of the stories read to you on this podcast are either available in the public domain and are therefore available for free and fair use, or I have obtained express written permission from the author publishers to audio record these episodes. I hope that you enjoy listening, and please feel free to rate the podcast, provide me any feedback, send any requests my way, and you can also follow me on Twitter to get updates and interact with me that way. You can find me at ASMR Bedtime Stories, or my handle is bedtime underscore ASMR, and I'd love to hear from you. Hello there, everyone. So tonight's bedtime story is going to be a little bit different, so I hope you don't mind. I recently became aware that the Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer are available in the public domain, so I actually have the full compilation of the Canterbury Tales, and don't worry, I won't read them all to you in one go. That would be quite Thank <laughs> you. 
Yeoman had 
was a noble post, full well beloved and familiar was he, with rich franklins throughout his territory, and with the worthy women of the town, for he had power of confession, as he said himself more than a local curate, for of his order he was lenstiate, full sweetly and pleasant was his absolution. He was an easy man to make penance whenever he could expect a nice remembrance. For unto a poor order to give is a sign that a man is well shriven. For if he gave something, the friar could be content that a man was truly repentant. For many a man is so Yeah. 
in his beard 
She was a worthy woman all her life. Husbands at church door, she'd had five. Not counting other company and youth, but we need not speak of them just now. And thrice she had been to Jerusalem. She had crossed many a foreign stream. To Rome she had been, and to Boulogne, and Galatia to St. James, and to Cologne. She knew much of wandering along the road. Gap-toothed she was, the truth to say. Upon an easy-riding horse she easily sat, wimpled well, and upon her head a hat, as broad as is a buckler or a targe, an overskirt about her hips, large, and on her feet a pair of spurs sharp. She was full of laughter and us and of gossip, of love remedies she knew by chance, for she knew the steps of that old dance. A good man was there of religion, and he was a poor parson of a town. But rich he was in holy thought and work. He was also a learned man, a scholar, who graced gospel truly with preach. His parishioners devoutly he would teach. Kindly he was, and very diligent, and in adversity full patient. And he proved to be such oftentimes. Full loath was he to excommunicate for his tithes, but rather would he give without a doubt unto his poor parishioners out of his offerings and his income. He knew how to have enough with not much. Wide was his parish and houses far apart, but he neglected none for rain nor thunder sickness nor in misfortune to visit. The furthest in his parish, great and humble, traveling by foot and in his hand a staff. This noble example to a sheep he gave, that first he wrought and afterward he taught. From the gospel he these words took, and this metaphor he added thereto that if gold rusts, what should iron do? For if a priest be corrupt upon whom we trust, no wonder it is an unlearned man to rust, and shameful it is if a priest be seen as a shit-covered shepherd with clean sheep. While ought a priest example for to give by his cleanliness how his sheep should live, he rented not his benefice out to hire, and left his sheep encumbered in the mire, and ran into London to St. Paul's, to seek him a sinecure as a chantry priest, or a retainer as a chaplain for a guild, but dwelt at home, and kept well his fold, so that the wolf didn't make it come to grief. He was a shepherd not a mercenary, and though he holy was and virtuous, he was to sinful men 
amazing, nor in speech haughty or disdainful, but in his teaching discreet and benign, to draw folk to heaven by fairness, by good example that was his business. But there were any person obstinate, whoever he was, of high or low estate, he would in rebuke sharply in that instance. A better priest, I believe, there nowhere is. He yearned not for pomp and reverence, nor made a show of righteousness, but Christ's teaching and his apostles twelve. He taught, and first he followed it himself. With him there was a plowman who was his brother, who had hauled of dungful many a cart, an honest worker, and a good one was he, living in peace and perfect charity. God loved he best with his whole heart, and at all times both happy and tough, and his neighbor much as himself. He would thresh and ditch and shovel for Christ's sake for every poor soul. Without payment, if it lay in his power, his tithes he paid full fair and well, both of his work and his property, and a smock he rode upon a mare. There was also a reeve and a miller, a summoner and a pardoner, also a manciple, and myself, there were no more. The miller was indeed a stout fellow, full big was he of muscle and bones, who proved himself for wherever he went, at wrestling he would always win the ram. He was short-shouldered, a broad, thick cudgel. There was no door he couldn't yank off its hinges, or go through by ramming it with his noggin. His beard, as any sow or fox was red, and there too broad, as though it were a spade, upon the tip of his nose he had a wart, and thereon stood a tuft of hairs, red as the bristles of a sow's ears. His nostrils were black and wide, a sword and buckler bore he by his side. His mouth gaped big as a furnace, he was a talker and a joke-teller, and those mostly of sin and of color. He could, well could he steal wheat and grind it thrice, and yet he had a thumb of gold by God. A white coat and a blue hood he wore, a bagpipe well could he blow and sing, and with it he brought us out of town. A worthy manciple there was of law school, from whom buyers might take example to be smart in purchasing their needs, for whether he paid or put on account, always he so carefully watched his pennies, that he was always ahead and in the black. Now is that not of God a full fair grace, that such an uneducated man should surpass the wisdom of a heap of graduates, of masters had he thrice dead.
as well as can the Pope. But if you would and other things him query, then he'd used up all his philosophy. Ever questio quid yours, he would cry. He was a worthy rascal and also kind. A better pal could no man find. He would allow for a quart of wine, a buddy to have his concubine, nor a year and excuse him in full. Full secretly a young thing he could seduce. And if he found somewhere a pal, he would teach him to have no fear. With regard to the archdeacon's curse, unless a man's soul were in his purse, for then his purse should he punished be. Purse is the archdeacon's hell, said he. But well I know he lied indeed, excommunication each man should dread, for curse will slay as absolution saves, and also avoid a warrant for arrest. In his power, in his own way, had he the young wenches of the diocese, and knew their secrets, and gave them advice. A garland had he set upon his head, as big as if it were for a tavern sign, a buckler had he made with a loaf of bread. With him there rode a gentle pardoner of Rouncival, his friend and his companion, who straight was come from the court of Rome. Full loud he sang, Come hither, love, to me. The summer joined in with a strong bass voice. No trumpet made half so much noise. This partner had hair as yellow as wax, but in truth a tongue as does a spray of flax, and thin strands on the locks that he had, and therewith his shoulders overspread. But thin it lay in small locks, one by one, but hood for fashion's sake wore he none, for it was packed up in his bag. He thought he rode in the newest style. With hair loose, save his cap, he rode with it bare. Such staring eyes had he as a hare. A Veronica had he sewn on his cap. His bag lay before him in his lap. Brimful of pardons, fresh and hot from Rome. A voice he had as small as a goat. No beard had he, nor ever should have. His face was smooth, as if it were just shaved. I believe he was a gilding or a mare, but of his profession from Berwick to Ware, never was there such another pardoner, for in his bag he had a pillowcase that he said was Our Lady's veil. He said he had a piece of the sail that St. Peter had when he strode upon the sea, till Jesus Christ of him to cold. He had a cross of metal full of gems, and in glass jar he had pig bones. But with these relics, when he found a poor parson dwelling in the country, in one day he made himself more money than that parson got in two months. And thus, with feigned flattery and tricks, 
as you go your way, that you make plans to share some tales, for truly pleasure or merriment is there none to ride along as dumb as a stone, and therefore will I make you a game, as I said before, and have some fun. And if it pleases you all with one voice, now to abide my judgment, and to proceed as I will now say, tomorrow when you set out on your way, now by my father's soul who is dead, unless ye be merry, I will give you my head. Hold up your hands without more speech. We needed not long to agree. We thought it not worth look too long a ponder, and granted his terms without thinking longer, and bade him say his verdict as he pleased. Lords, said he, now listen well, but take it not, I pray you wrong. This is the point to speak short and plain, that each of you to shorten our journey. In this journey shall tell tales too, toward Canterbury, that is, and homeward each another too shall tell of adventures that once upon a time you befell, and whichever of you does best of all, that is to say, who tells to this end tales of best wisdom, instruction, and delight, shall have a supper on the rest of us, here in this place, this same sight, when we come again from Canterbury, and for to make you the more merry, I will myself gladly with you ride, right at my own cost, and be your guide, and whoso will my judgment nay say, shall pay all we spend along the way, and if you grant that it be so, tell me anon without words more, that I will myself quickly prepare. This thing was agreed, and our oaths sworn, with full glad heart, and we begged him also, that he would be willing to do so, and that he would be our governor, and of our tales judge and referee, and set a supper at a certain price, and we would be governed by his word, in every way, and thus by one assent, we agreed to his judgment, and thereupon the wine was fetched anon, we drank, and to bed went each one, without any longer tarrying. In the morning, when day began to spring, up rose our host, and was for all our rooster, and gathered us together all in a flock, and forth we rode at a trot to St. Thomas, a watering, and there our host stopped his horse, and said, Lords, hearken, if ye please, you know our agreement, and so, if even song and morning song agree, let see now who shall tell the first tale, and surely as I may ever drink wine or ale, whoso rebels against my judgment shall pay for all that on the road we spend. Now, draw lots before we further go, he that has the shortest shall begin. Sir Knight, said he, my master and my lord, now draw your straw for that my word. Come nearer, said he, my lady prioress, and you, sir scholar, forget your shyness, 
Check.